Welcome to Memoirs of an Experiencer. Join our host, Mike, as he takes you through what it looks like and what it feels like to be a UFO experiencer. He will share his story. He will connect with other experiencers in the community, and he'll talk about the subjects and questions that come up in this unique experience. So sit back, enjoy, and we welcome you. Hi, I'm Mike Walker, and um, I've got an amazing experience to share with you. And um, it all happened back in 1985 in South Hayward, California. I was 12 years old, and I was living at the time uh, with the Lopez family that had taken us in. Uh, we kind of lived all over the neighborhood, sometimes all over the country. Um, but we always ended up coming back to this little particular neighborhood in South Hayward. It was on uh, East 11th Street. 28063 was the Lopez family, and directly across the street from that house was actually my childhood home that used to be ours at one point, but then uh, we had to sell it for uh, some other reason. But uh, <clears throat> I'll just get right into the experience. I mean, I literally just remember walking out of the house of the Lopez family, opening up the screen door, and walking straight out to the, to the street. And I just happened to uh, run into uh, one of my friends uh, named Chano. And I don't recall much conversation. They, we both were just under the, uh, the impression that we were just going to walk around the block. And so that's what we did. I just remember walking out there, meeting up with them, and uh, we just started walking. And before I can even uh, make the first turn to the block, uh, I took notice of the, of the clouds above. Uh, it had just turned dark. Uh, it was probably about 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Um, it hadn't been dark very long, though. And I was watching the, the clouds overhead. They were pretty bright white, even though it was dark out, and they were moving pretty good. So I understood that, you know, they were, the clouds were pretty low, so they appeared to be moving pretty fast. And they were also pretty white, but uh, I'm sure the, the moon was brightening them up. Uh, I remember focusing in on a particular part of the clouds and it began to swirl. I had a couple of thoughts that ran through my head before I blacked out. And these last thoughts were, is that, is that cloud starting to swirl? And then, oh my God, yes, it's starting to swirl fast. I blacked out. My next conscious moment 
I was about a half a block further down the road, around the corner of the block. And now I am standing at attention with my arms to my side, looking straight up at the belly of a flying saucer craft. Now, I knew that I was standing directly underneath a UFO. I just knew it automatically. I mean, it was just like it's depicted. I was looking straight up at it. It was directly above us and it was circular. And the first thing that I noticed was a little blue light that was sporadically just flashing underneath the belly of this craft. And it was just kind of randomly going all over the place. And as it was lighting up, this blue light, it would illuminate certain pockets of the belly of the craft. And I was able to see it. And to me, from, from my perspective, it looked integral, tubular wires. Um, I compare it to like C-3PO's belly, you know, or just something really intricate. So I remember thinking to myself, if this is advanced technology, a UFO, you know, wow, why does it seem like it's having some kind of electrical issue? Because like I said, this blue light was just all over the place. It just was off balance. I mean, I got the message that, you know, I was thinking it was out of order or it was going through some kind of electrical funk. And as soon as I thought that, it snapped out of whatever electrical funk I thought that it was going through. And it put on a multicolored, all out, just crazy multicolored light show. Um, there was what I describe as like canned lights, canned lights underneath the circular part of the, of the belly. There was lights all around the perimeter. They worked their way to the core, from the core back out, red, blue, green, purple, yellow, every color that I could possibly imagine. And it was showing balanced, beautiful, symmetrical patterns. Um, it was easy on the eyes. It was easy on, the, on, on my mind. I was no longer thinking that it was in some kind of electrical funk. As a matter of fact, I was thinking and I felt that it was like showing off like no there's there's nothing wrong with with our wiring system thank you very much as a matter of fact here's a little light show you know to take on your way uh, for the rest of your life try to wrap your head around that and that's exactly what I'm doing is just trying to uh, begin to wrap my my head around uh, some of these experiences that I'm that I want to share with you so <clears throat> this light show, it started off at a normal pace, red, blue, green, multicolor, multicolor. And then it started getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And I mean, it, it reminded me of like, like the Simon, the old, the old game Simon says with the colors, you know, boop, 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 boop. 
and I remember thinking, you know, how am I going to remember that? You know, how am I going to remember all this? You know, as a 12-year-old boy, you know, as a, now reflecting on that moment, you know, what a question that was to, that ran through my, my mind was, how am I going to remember all this? What, how am I going to remember all what the, the I was talking about the, the, the light patterns, all the different patterns that, that they threw at me. I remember thinking these are definitely, uh, this is a lot of patterns and, and I, I have to remember them all. And wow, it's, it's, it's just amazing reflecting on that moment. Um, and learning uh, the power of our subconscious and, and realizing that, that there was no need for me to worry about uh, retaining a lack of uh, information at that moment. That information, I believe, at, at, at this time is, is gone where it, it needed to go. Um, our, our subconscious uh, knows how to deal with that kind of stuff. But uh, at the moment, um, I was still just standing there and, and, and yeah, I was standing there pretty stiff, um, like a soldier. And I, I realized how, how stiff I was standing. Um, but at, at the moment I remember just chalking that up to, Hey, I don't want to miss a moment. You know, um, I realized what I was witnessing. I have heard of UFOs and flying saucers and, uh, I just didn't want to miss a second of it and I remember thinking that's why I'm you know just staring at it straight up you know um, reflecting on that moment uh, it did kind of feel like you know when you're when you're cold not freezing cold but you're you're cold enough to where your your body's you know doing that little that core thing you know it, it's, it's it's heating up and, and it's just like an electrical tense uh feeling that 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 i got um that i had and uh but yeah i was just chalking it up to you know i just didn't want to miss a moment of it because i knew it wasn't going to last for very long so uh the multicolored light show it continued for probably about uh, i don't know 20 30 seconds uh the whole experience itself seemed like it only took like a minute and a half maybe two minutes at the most um the multicolored light show stopped the craft moved ahead a little bit to where now i can see this craft as a whole and i'm not just looking at the belly of it i'm looking at the side of it and it's just a plain disc nothing special to it in the front or the back front back was the same uh, top didn't have a crazy bulge or anything on the top uh, it, it matched the, the bottom contour and this disc took off near the speed of light and it blew me away uh, up until that point you know forget the uh, clouds swirling the vortex in the sky that captured my attention and then it captured my consciousness after years of learning this, learning this years later. Um, the speed really blew me away. It, it shocked me. Uh, 
it was very quiet. It just, if I would have blinked my eyes or turned my head, I would have thought that it just disappeared. But I, I saw it leave. I saw what direction it went. You know, it went east towards the Hayward Hills. And it was like a cartoon. It, it really shocked me. Just the speed of, of it. And so that's when I was able to move and I looked to my left because the last thing I know, Chano was on my left. Um, and he was there. And the first words out of my mouth were, that was a UFO, huh? And he goes, yeah. And that shocked me. That shocked me all of all of its of its own. I it I couldn't believe that uh, his reaction. It was just so exact. That's exactly how he said it was. Yeah, and I could tell that he didn't want to talk about it. So I don't believe we talked about it. Uh, we continued to to walk around this block, and it was a kind of a weird uh, walk around the block after that uh, I wanted to talk about I felt like I wanted to talk about it but I knew that uh, he didn't want to talk about it and uh, we get around the corner and we see uh, my friend Chano's older brother Peter uh, hanging out in front of their house with a couple of other friends so here I come embarking on my first group of, of kids that, that I that I want to share this experience with so we walk up to him and I had no problem letting him know. I said, hey, man, we just we just seen a UFO. And uh, one of the kids goes, oh, yeah, we did, too. It went that way. And, you know, he pointed to the east and he actually pointed to the right direction. Um, so I believed him for a second, but it didn't take long to uh, to realize that they were just messing with me. And. Uh, it was understandable. I mean, I understood that right away. It was seen as believing. And, and, and if any of my friends came up to me with a story like that right off the bat, you know, just from walking around the block, you know, uh, and see, that's a big misconception, too, is a lot of people think that you need to go out to a desert somewhere or a mountaintop uh, to experience a UFO. Uh, it's a huge misconception. Uh, uh, this was just a, a normal neighborhood. Um, they can pop up anywhere for anybody at any given moment. And anything near these uh, ships could be affected and will be affected uh, and will be dictated upon the, uh, the beings themselves that control the ship. Um, they di dictate who experiences uh, everything. It doesn't matter uh, if there's homes all over the place, if there's a, a track and field game going on, uh, you know, there's people coming out of a movie theater over here. That experience is going to be for who it's going to, who it's intended to uh, be for, to whom the experiencer. And um, I remember thinking, you know, after it took off and after I asked Chano, if I said, that was a UFO, huh? And he goes, yeah. I mean, the next thing I thought was going to happen was I was going to see, you know, neighbors coming out and saying, hey, man, what was that? You know, forget the whole shock of, you know, two 12-year-old boys uh, 
you know, experiencing this UFO and just you know, standing there not saying anything to each other uh, while it sits overhead. How high it was, I really don't know. Uh, maybe a couple hundred feet above the telephone pole. Um, it did it did take up my entire vision as a whole. Uh, I didn't see much sky. I, I just seen a big disc, big multicolored flashing lights uh, disc. Um, and by the way, the, the lights seemed as if they could illuminate any part of that belly of the ship. You know, it, I, it, to me, I didn't get the impression that the ship had a set gauge of, of lights that they could, you know, alternate. I, I believe it just, it could totally just put a light where it wants it. And, um, Yeah, so uh, I could tell the, uh, the kids outside didn't believe me. Um, I believe that was the, the end of our walk around the block. Me and Chano sp split our ways. Um, I walked back into the Lopez family house and told whoever I could. And, you know, being like a class clown uh, it didn't really help my case much. Um, no one, I just got some, some giggles and smiles and, you know, and I understood all this stuff. I mean, totally understood it. Wasn't expecting everyone to just to believe, you know, believe something astonishing like that. Um, and, uh, I left it alone for a long time. Um, after starting junior high school, uh, I, I told a lot of people, I told everybody that I could about my experience and some people, uh, I would gather up and we would go, uh, find Chano, track, track, track Chano down. He was a little bit more of a serious guy and less of a clown like me. So we would find Chano and, you know, he would be like, man, Mike, you're still talking about this. And like, yeah, I'm still talking about it. You know, I'm going to talk about it for the rest of my life. Can I get a yes or a no, you know, at least? And he was just, yeah. Like, he would acknowledge that it happened and kind of give me my validation. But it just wasn't convincing enough. It, you know, I could just tell it wasn't convincing enough. So I just kind of got jaded of that, trying to convince everybody uh, that, that this happened. And... Um, let alone all the weird, you know, dreams that follow this experience that I didn't even put together till much, much, much later. It was much, much easier to just fall into the social programming, you know, just get right back into the program with everybody else. Um, and uh, always had it in the back of my mind and every once in a while, you know, um, I would bring it up if I felt safe with somebody enough I would and uh, uh, man it, it wasn't until years years later that uh, you know after computers came out and Facebook came out and I start hearing of other stories other people's experiences with with UFOs I just uh, engulfed myself in uh, in UFOs I wanted to hear everybody's experience to see if uh, any of it 
had any correlation or in some something that, that that I experienced, you know, commonality. And uh, so I just started looking around for anybody and anybody that was in the world of, of UFOs and, and just started finding them on Facebook and started joining all these really large UFO groups and stuff um, quickly to find out that these groups weren't very helpful uh, for me at all. It was mostly uh, entertainment, laughing, you know, I don't need anybody laughing at me. Uh, on my experiences and, and that's a lot of that went on in there so I quickly realized that that wasn't a healthy uh, place for an experiencer so I uh, created my own group my own group called paranormal UFO and uh, started getting some people that I knew that had experiences close friends and family that understand mine and uh, I got uh, invited to a larger group by somebody in uh, in the UFO world, and it was the greatest thing ever. I, I actually met uh, a lot of true other experiencers, and we did indeed uh, have a lot of commonalities that that we found within our experiences. Um, and one of them is the uh, not wanting to talk about it. Uh, I kind of call it the, uh, the the night after. Uh, you know, you you go out on a date with somebody. You guys go all the way. You experience everything there is to experience in one night, and then the next day it's kind of awkward. You know, you it's kind of like you experienced a little too much. And from from what I gathered, is a lot of this stuff is locked away into our subconscious. And um, I I realize how how powerful the subconscious is, and most of the day we're not dealing through our subconscious um, unless we're in high states of, of uh, meditation and, and things like that uh, in our waking state you know that's basically how we dealt with it uh, channel didn't want to talk about it to me it seemed like uh, we just experienced a little too much that we don't understand and uh, we may not even understand it this lifetime or the next but I'm proud to say that it, all this stuff is on the plate. Um, all this stuff happened to me. And uh, some of the visions that I had, uh, one of them was a wheel within a wheel. Um, I had no idea what, what it was. I, I thought it was just a dream. Um, it didn't impress me much because I remember thinking, hey, I just seen a UFO for real. You know, I know what a UFO looks like. You know, it's like a saucer. It's got flashy, multicolored colored lights, and it moves near the speed of light. And this thing was just one wheel would go this way, the other one was going the opposite, and it was floating and hovering above my old childhood home, 28080 East 11th Street, Hayward, California. Um, it was hovering and spinning probably about 10 or 15 feet above the peak of the home. It didn't really impress me much, like I said. I didn't, had no idea what it was or, or what to call it for years. Um, but uh, it was floating, it was rotating, it, it was defying gravity, you know? So 
I remember in my dream letting the people know that were in the neighborhood that I seen about it. They didn't hear me. They couldn't see me. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, nobody, nobody could see me. Nobody could share this experience that that I was having. Um, this wheel within a wheel came up uh, years later uh, through uh, movies like Contact with Jodie Foster. Uh, there was a machine in there that uh, device that she got into that uh, was like a wheel within a wheel, um, and she used it to transport uh, herself to see her father that had passed away on the other side, uh, kind of use it as like a portal. And that kind of triggered me a little bit, and you know, got me back to thinking about that that wheel, that wheel within the wheel that I seen. What was that wheel within the wheel? Um, and then I came across uh, Ezekiel's vision of of God. And I'm not a really religious person. I uh, never was. Uh, I always considered myself spiritual. Um, I flirted around with churches in the neighborhood when I was little, of course. Um, just always questioned a lot of it. Uh, didn't want to set anything in stone. It seems silly to set anything in stone, especially at at, a, at that age. Um, but yeah, uh, watching a television show like Ancient Aliens, and they start talking about Ezekiel's vision of God and how UFOlogy and and religion kind of clash. There's a big contrast there between UFOlogy, spiritualism, uh, religion. It starts getting touchy. Um, you start learning of the angelic uh, realm. You know, uh, we have the seraphim, the number one. Uh, ranked angels, you have the cherubim, uh, ranked number two, and then uh, the th third is the throne angels, which are called the Ophanim. Those are the wheel within the wheel. It's called many, many things. Uh, I've learned that it could possibly be the Merkabah, the, the spirit's uh, chariot. You know, it could be the spear, it could be the orb, anything, you know, it's it, it could be the the masculinity and, and, and feminism balanced in the body with the triangle upright, a triangle downward, activated, you know, that could be like the activation of the spinning of the Merkabah. There's so many possibilities of, of what this wheel within the wheel really is. And like I said, we may not figure it out this lifetime or the next, but it's on the plate. And, uh, it's part of the discussion, and ever since the Pentagon has has uh, told the uh, the mass people out there on the television uh, finally that this phenomenon is real. Um, now the mainstream uh, is kind of a little bit more interested in it, you know, and uh, you know we've been trying to as an experiencer we've been trying to tell people this for years but we've been laughed at and mocked and discredited and you know there's other programs out there uh, but I tell you what that wasn't my first experience that I had there was experiences that I had before that but I had always chalked those up to other things I didn't realize that there was all these puzzle pieces out there there was things called screen memories. 
these beings can appear to you in, in any form that they wish. Um, in my case, they appeared to me as a 1950s waitress in a diner. As I woke up on my bed, I'm witnessing a waitress. She's wearing 1950s, 1960s attire. She's got a plate of food. She's kind of looking right through me. Her face looks like straight out of a diner's newspaper of 1950s. She's in a diner. I can see the customers on the tables eating. I can hear their conversations, the mumbling. I can hear the silverware hitting the plates. It was a busy diner, and this all took place in a little quarter, quarter section of my room. And everything was about four foot tall. The waitress was about four foot tall and everything around her was in coordinates to her size. I remember waking up and seeing this. She was in the form of snow, like the old school television snow. It did kind of look like a, uh, a projection of some sort. Uh, very detailed though, very detailed. Um, enough for me to realize that she was wearing 1950s, 1960s uh, clothing attire. Waitresses uh, don't dress like that much anymore. But I remember it did scare me. So I called out to my mom down the hall, asked her if I can sleep with her. And uh, she said, sure, honey, come on. And I remember saying, well, I don't want to step on this lady. And I knew that there was a decision to be made there. There was, I was scared. Uh, I had to get out of bed. I, I wanted to go down the hallway into my mom's room uh, to be safe, but I knew that I was going to have to deal with this this waitress, and um, I blacked out that moment. So, learning on experiences like that, the key word there is blacked out. So, when I experienced the vortex in the clouds, I blacked out. Um, I experienced this waitress uh, coming towards me in the middle of the night in my bedroom on the floor and there was a decision to be made and I blacked out. Don't remember waking up the next morning talking about it. Hey mom, do you remember me? It, was until, it wasn't until much, 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 much later. And these are just the beginning of some of the things that I've come to learn. There's a lot of other puzzle pieces out there. Um, there's other experiences. There was a big gap of nothing. And then most recently, there was some marvelous things that's happened to me. And uh, it's just a learning experience. It's just something that you become passionate of because it answers the question, the question that we all have. Is there other life out there? Is there life after death? Um, are angels real? Well, I'm here to tell you that they are real and they're looking after me they're looking after you and you don't have to be a UFO experiencer to enjoy the gifts that we're naturally uh, born with and I don't think we all realize how powerful we truly are and um, I really look forward to uh, sharing more and more of my experiences with you all thank you Thank <music> you.